This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio, and thank you for joining us. And I've talked about every once in a while how I've had long COVID. Next month, it'll have been two years. And I know that there are a lot of people who struggle with this. And some who have had it longer than the two years I've had it, they've had it from the very beginning. And I've tried quite a few things, been to doctors and heard what a lot of people who are long haulers hear that, um, gee, your blood looks great, your heart looks great. Lungs look great. Sorry, we don't <laughs> know anything about this. So I've been looking a lot outside of the normal medical streams for answers, as a lot of people are, and stumble onto a study that was recently done with nicotine patches. And I'll read from an article I found. It says, nicotine is not addictive when using in a patch. It is not one of the chemicals in cigarettes that causes cancer. But the basic hypothesis behind the treatment with nicotine patches is that parts of the virus are stuck to receptors in our nerves causing dysfunction. In this scenario, nicotine may work by binding more strongly to the nerve receptors, thereby releasing the viral particles to be destroyed by the immune system. In other words, what it's saying in layman's terms or as I would describe it, is that somehow nicotine is much more stronger than the COVID virus and it evicts the cells, evicts the virus from the cells so the immune system can destroy it. So I just want to share with, I'm going to share this with you because I know some of you are struggling or know somebody who have this. It is not fun with the shortness of breath and the the neurological symptoms that come with it, the depression, the anxiety, the, the nutty thoughts and and the, the debilitating fatigue and all that goes along with that. Some people have severe body pain. Some people even have to quit their jobs. And so I'm actually on my fourth day of I've got a nicotine patch on right now. I'm giving this a go. And what they suggest is that you – Use the 7-milligram patch. So there's three strengths of the patches, 7-milligram, 14, and 21. Use the 7-milligram. That's the lowest dose. Do it for seven days and then another week off and then another seven-day run if you need it. And some people have said that it's knocked their symptoms down, I mean, like 80 to 90% right after the first week. And so I'm trying this. I don't know yet. And they say that it takes three, four, five days after the first week to know if it's helping. And so I just wanted to share that. And and um, so today, I'm going to be talking a bit about prayer. And 
I hear we get questions from people on what our prayer life looks like, spiritual warfare, and in Scripture, we're commanded to be devoted to prayer. And so what I'm going to share is some of my own prayer life and some prayers that I offer because sometimes hearing somebody else's prayers can give us insights or help us give a give us a template for what prayer can look like in our life. And I'm just going to read a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He was a great preacher, lived from 1834 to 1892. And he said, my own soul's conviction is that prayer is the grandest power in the entire universe, that it has more omnipotent force than electricity, attraction, gravitation, or any of those other secret forces which men have called by name, but which they do not understand. And he was one of the greatest preachers ever. He's often called the Prince of Preachers. So preaching was his, obviously his passion, his gift, but he would often, they had prayer meetings going all the time in their church and they grew like crazy, but they made prayer a huge emphasis. And I agree with him. I've seen so many miracles and I've seen so many answered prayers. And I think prayer needs to be at the top of every church's priority and at every individual's priority. And so seconds after I wake up, I begin the day with prayers of thanks and gratitude. And what they found is that it actually affects the brain chemistry positively. Gratitude, it rewires the brain. So I'll set the day with something like, thank you, God, for the blessing of another day, for my wife, my family, for forgiveness of all my sins, for the blood of the cross, for your word, for this wonderful gift of coming to you in prayer. Thank you for providing our needs and for good health and the first seconds of our day are critical. So if we, you know, jump right into our cell phone and start tapping on, that's the worst, one of the worst ways you can start your day that is detrimental to us emotionally and chemically. So gratitude is a great way to begin the day. And, and then Psalm fifty twenty three, where God says through David, the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. And First Thessalonians 5, 18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Giving thanks is meant to be an ongoing thing, and it changes our, our mood, our emotions, and it blesses the Lord. I also thank God for every single drop of suffering in my life, including the times with this two years with long COVID because they te- they keep me on my knees a lot, relying on him for everything, for strength, for doing a radio show like this. I mean, I could be a blithering idiot apart from his wisdom. And so I, and he's taught me so much from suffering. So I, I'm thankful to God for the suffering too. And yesterday morning, as I was reading scripture, I got hit with Um, spiritual warfare. And so what I'm going to give you now is some of the prayers that I do when I get attacked. And one is, in the name and authority of Jesus Christ, and this is what I prayed and stated out loud, I command any evil spirits coming against me to stop and leave my presence. In Jesus' name, I renounce and cancel all assignments of the enemy against me, including any curses, hexes, vexes, incantations, spells, or any witchcraft 
I renounce all work of the enemy against my home, family, work, and domain. So I, we're standing up on our authority in Christ, the power we have to stop his influence and attacks in our life. And, and then I prayed, I prayed on the armor of God, and this is what it looks like for me. I stated this prayer out loud. I pray on the helmet of salvation. Lord, may you protect my mind today. I pray on the breastplate of righteousness. May it protect my heart and my emotions today. I pray on the belt of truth. May your truth gird me and strengthen me. I pray on the gospel of the shoes of peace. May I walk with you in your peace today. I take up the shield of faith in a mighty God who can crush the enemy. I take up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Lord, help me to pray continually today. And that's from Ephesians 6, 10, 18. 10, 18. So the enemy attacks our mind, heart, and emotions with lies, fear, anxiety, discouragement, depression, anger, and many other ways. And he also attacks the wounds of the heart. So when I'm putting on the armor of God that way, I'm sealing off those areas from the enemy's influence. And sometimes I may have to pray that. Keep praying because he, you know, they want to come and steal, kill, and destroy. And sometimes we have to dig in a little bit more, but whatever it takes. So it goes back to, again, we got to stand firm, stand up, say those prayers out loud, and shut the work of the enemy down. And I find that when I go and speak in conferences or in churches, I'll bring spiritual warfare up a lot. Because we're in a desperate time of a lot of darkness and evil. And part of what I hope to do with this program and our newsletters and everything else is equip you to be warriors and fighters and overcomers. We don't just go to church for comfort, although God does comfort us. But the way I see it is church should be both hospital and boot camp. Hospital to heal the wounds, boot camp to equip you to be a fighter and then send you out into the battle so you make your life count for eternity. And so last night I knew I was going to be doing this radio show on prayer and warfare, and I had two very wicked, vile dreams, one in the early part of the night, one later in the morning, and then after I, moments after I woke up, I got hit with an attack of fear because the enemy didn't was wanting us talking about this stuff. He doesn't want us to know that we can stand up and shut him down and we have this authority in Christ. He doesn't want us becoming prayer warriors. Why? And then one thing that always burns me up is why aren't we spending time praying in church? So after these attacks this morning, I prayed the same thing I just showed you. Attacks stopped and then I moved forward and kept going. Every one of you who are believers in Jesus Christ are meant to be fighters and warriors and overcomers. And a couple days ago, I got hit with some bad news on some situations, and there was some confusion for a couple moments. And then I stopped, and then I looked up to the Lord, and I prayed, Lord, I trust you. I release this situation into your hands. Give me your strength and the wisdom I need. Trust is the anti-venom of fear and discouragement. So we always have to guard against discouragement because once you start falling into that hole, what happens is we take our eyes off God and wrap our mind around the problems and then all fear and anxiety and a host of other problems can start 
creeping in. So trust and release and we don't carry our problems. We don't carry our burdens. And and then moving into that, so uh, we don't want to carry all the trauma from this world. And we're immersed in a culture of strife and violence, 24-7 news cycle. And if I look at the Drudge Report, my gosh, it's like every day they're the big headlines are like fear, terror, trauma, death, and they're trying to suck us into all that junk and ongoing wars we have going on in Israel and the UK, Ukraine, and and then there's all the news about churches and Christians coming apart and falling away and the struggles and sorrows of life, and we can't carry that stuff. So the next thing is a prayer of release. And this is my prayer of release. Lord, I release everything to you, all my cares, my marriage, my family, my health, my friends, everything that people would say, whether to me or anywhere else, good or bad. And when I talk about good, sometimes we can get compliments. We don't want to receive them, but we don't hold on to them because we start holding on to all the praise, we have to be very careful that pride doesn't get a grip. And then I'll say to the Lord, I refuse to carry any of this, and I give it all to you to work out. I surrender my life, Lord, into your hands. Psalm fifty-five twenty-two says, cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We're not meant to carry all the garbage and the trauma and the stress of this world. And so some people are like news junkies, and that's detrimental to the soul, especially when you're taking in all the strife and civil war. And we're coming up to election year. And so that's going to like be double up time with all the fighting that's more than likely going to come out of that and people disagreeing and political war that we're going to see. So we don't carry this stuff. We don't take a bath in it for hours every day. We keep walking with his easy yoke. Rest of soul. So many of you, I know, need this desperately. I talk to a lot of Christians. They're just worn out, beat up, and burnt out and tired. And some of it is just releasing those weights and not carrying that junk. And then sometimes after I say a prayer of release, I'll name people I know some are ministering to, some are friends who are going through difficult times. Some are in bondage to sin and playing games with it. And there are quite a few people in the church who are playing games with sin. And I might pray, you know, if there's somebody I know who's playing games with it, that is so very dangerous. Playing games, I mean, you're cooperating with it. You're playing with it. You have no intention or want to do anything about it. And then I might pray, Lord, whatever it takes, whatever pain they need to go through, please bring them to you. Bring them to their senses, just as you brought the prodigal son to his senses as he was sitting with the pigs in the mud hole. And sometimes um, that's the best prayer we can do because people, we need to be brought to the end of our rope. 
where we're absolutely broken and shattered because in that place, that's often where a lot of people finally say, God, I had enough. I'm willing to do life your way. And I'll give you a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He writes, if your religion does not make you holy, it will damn you. It is simply painted pageantry to go pageantry to go to hell in. And that's why it's so dangerous with playing with sin because sin gets a grip and it gets a bigger stronghold and then Satan has a bigger grip. We stop praying. It chokes out our life. It chokes out everything. It can destroy our marriage and family. It can destroy our spiritual future. There's, there's a lot at stake here. And there are some people who are hurting and have wounds and need healing. And I'll petition the Lord for healing and strength through them. And so I might pray something like, Lord, please open their hearts to your love and your healing. Bring their walls down. Touch their fears and grant them peace and rest. And I have a list of people I pray through every morning and intercede for them. And I pray also for our, our country and its leaders. Whether I agree with them or not, it doesn't matter. We're commanded to pray for our leaders. I'll pray for that God would move them into the right decisions that glorify and honor him no matter what they believe. And we need to be in prayer for our country and our governments constantly because all you got to do is peek at the news and see a, a lot of nations are moving the wrong way, including the U.S., and I pray a lot that God will make his churches houses of prayer and make his people prayer warriors. So the question for you today is, are you a prayer warrior? How much time do you really spend in prayer every day? If it's a little more than a God help me, give me a really great day to date, that, that's, that's not a prayer life. Prayer is digging in uh, and going after God and getting his heart and hearing from him and, and investing your heart and the things he wants you to invest your heart in. And Jesus went away alone all the time for a night alone with him. So he would binge on prayer for hours at a time. And we in our modern day, you read about people binging on Netflix series or TV or The Chosen. Shut all that stuff down and, and make prayer the number one priority of your life. And then I'll also pray for... Um, God to give me his strength. And I don't trust my broken flesh. I don't trust my own wisdom. I know it can lead me off the rails. And it's, I mean, I know this from personal experience of after having gone off of the rails many times in my life. So I often pray, Lord, please crucify my flesh that I might walk in the power of your resurrection. I want his power, not mine. Long COVID has helped me with that because when I'm weak, I need his strength. And he comes in so many times, provides what I need. Please cleanse this earthen temple with your precious blood. Align my life and prayers to your desires, God. Your will be done. Please make my life a blessing to you and others. Please give me your eyes to see, a heart to understand, and ears to hear. Lord, please give me your strength, your wisdom, your discernment, your understanding and order my way today. I'll ask him to order my way quite often. And I love the way he answers that prayer. There's times when something will come my way that I didn't expect or he'll interrupt my schedule. And, you know, it's great to make plans 
But one thing he's told me is to hold those plans very loosely because he has a habit of changing them and changing our direction. And some people struggle with control a lot. I mean, I want life my way, my my terms. I want the Christian life nice and tidy and I want my theological box nice and neat and uh, I want a sermon with all the en- the loose ends covered and um, life in that way. And there's times we'll make plans and God just blows them up, says, nope, um, I want you. I want your attention. I want your heart. I want your focus. I don't need you running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Silence. In Psalm 59, two times. David says, my soul, wait in silence for God only. From him comes my salvation. How are you, my friends, at waiting on God in silence? So we have a questionnaire on our counseling forms, and we'll ask, when's the last time you spent an hour alone with God? And uh, a lot of men, that answer is uh, rarely or never. And that's one of the greatest tragedies of, of this modern Christian life. We're just too busy And prayer has to be at the top. This is where your spiritual power comes from. Prayer is the barometer of your spiritual life. So if you have no prayer life, you have no spiritual power, and you're living life in the flesh. That's not good. And eventually something's going to happen. You're going to crash and burn, make some big mistakes, because we're not listening to God. We're not hearing from him. We're not getting guidance from him. This is so critical because we can go off and waste a lot of time. There are a lot of people in ministry that they're just doing it from their flesh. And you can usually tell just the way they speak and how they talk and is self a lot of, are they talking about themselves a lot? And are they talking, or are they talking about their encounters with God and, and how the Lord just ministers to them? And so when I'm alone with him, in prayer, he changes my life. He changes my heart. He convicts me of sin. And, and it's wonderful because every time he convicts us of sin, it's for the purpose of healing and restoration. That's his heart, to restore, to heal, to lead. For some reason, he delights in being with us. So when's the last time you spent an hour alone with the Lord? I tried to have an hour with God Every day, but it's not always uh, all in one shot. It could be 30 minutes in the morning, more time in the evening, or whatever it is. But quantity is very important in this thing. So, I mean, what do we do in church Sunday morning? God, please bless our service. Well, that's not being a house of prayer. A house of prayer is people on their knees crying out to God for mercy, for strength, and for conviction of sin. And... 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray without ceasing. We're meant, we're meant to be an ongoing prayer. So throughout the day, maybe I'll get hit with something. God, what do you want me to do here? What is, what is your wisdom in this situation? God, I'm weak. I need your strength right now. I need your wisdom right now. And I encourage all of you to weave more prayer into your life. The spiritual battles are not going to let up. You're most powerful on your knees, and we need his power 
his strength and his wisdom continually, and there are many distractions and sirens these days that are striving to choke us spiritually. And one of the best things we can do is turn off the TV, shut down the phone, and rest in his presence. And and during these times, uh, I want to ask you to consider supporting us financially. So the statistics showing that 70% of Christian men, one-third of women, and 95% of youth viewing porn are involved in other forms of sexual sin, the need for help in these areas has never been greater. Every day we get requests requests for men and women for help from all over the globe. So your donation will help restore marriages, set captives free, equip the church, and much more. And we're getting more and more requests for help and speaking. And so we appreciate your prayers big time because the spiritual battles, of I, as I described with you, they're not going away. And we have opportunities from in other countries. And so um, considering partnering up with this in some way. So thank you for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.